The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And away we go. A happy Wednesday to you all. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Trying to get this sucker out a little bit earlier today. Been running kind of close to lunchtime here on the Pacific Coast. And then yesterday, stupid idiot that I am, recorded the podcast, had it done by about 11.15 Pacific time, and then I forgot to post it. I just, I left it, I left the window open with the file uploading, but I never actually clicked the publish button. So that got dropped at like one at some mod in the afternoon. Not all that helpful for you guys. I'm fully aware of this. So apologies about that stuff yesterday. Today, I will record, I will upload, and you will get podcasts. And it'll all happen one right after the other. I'm Dan Vespers. You guys probably know that by now. But as I've said before, you treat every episode like one person is listening for the very first time. So, hi. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This week, we are continuing our fatty recruiting push here at HoopBall and Fantasy NBA Today. So please, if you are interested in covering the newswire for our full season fantasy operation, that is what we've called on this show the blurb shift before. It's basically everything that comes out over at HoopBall Fantasy on Twitter. Or if you go to hoop-ball.com and click on the fantasy news uh, blurbs tab, I think is what it's called. You can see how that all works. It's really kind of a trial by fire, uh, sharpening the blade kind of spot where it is very much the foot in the door. That's the foot in the door. You get great at those. You attack them with reckless abandon, and then you can elevate your game and move on to doing other things as well. We're also recruiting for our DFS division. I don't know how many of you guys listen to this show that are big into DFS. I personally... I'm not that good at it. Every time I try to get cute with my fantasy players, I screw something up. So that's why I stick to what I'm good at. That's the full season stuff. But if you're into DFS, you think you're pretty good, you can hop on the other side of the uh, curtain with the Wizard of Oz. Hit me up on that front. Or, and this is, we're still building this out, the team coverage division, which is becoming sort of a multifaceted, multi-pronged thing here at HoopBall. So if you're interested in learning more, about any of those recruiting slots, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris or email me teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. We also have an odds boost, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite time of the year. It's always Christmas when it's odds boost season over at mybookie.ag. Uh, this sounds, as I'm starting to say it, like it's going to be a promo. This is not a promo. This is something that I do special on those rare occasions when my bookie puts out an odds boost. What is an odds boost, you guys ask? Well, it's free damn money. It's free money. We were always we were all told as children there's no such thing as free money. This is actually free money. Let me explain to you how it works. Odds boost is when my bookie takes a normal bet and adjusts the odds substantially in the better's favor such that you have a far greater likelihood of cashing a particular bet or the bet, uh, even if the odds of the bet don't change, 
or the sorry, let me choose my words more carefully. Even if the chance that the bet hits doesn't change, the payout would. Many of you that listen to this podcast enjoyed some odds boosts when uh, NFL and college football started back in the fall. Those were a ton of fun. Uh, for instance, I think we had Kansas City Chiefs plus 40 points or something like that on the line. They were, in real life, they were like a seven-point favorite. So, But the odds boost, they were a 45-point underdog or, some, or something completely nuts like that. You could bet 50 bucks to win 44 and so everybody that I knew bet $50, and we all won 44 bucks. We didn't even have to think about it. I mean, as long as the Chiefs didn't lose by 45 points, they won the game outright, by the way, uh, we hit our bet. They also had an odds boost weekend a couple of times during NFL and college football where a different boosted odd came out every hour. Over the course of all of these, if you had only opened up a MyBookie account and by the way, if you do need to do that, make sure, please, please, please use promo code HoopBall if you're opening up a new one here, and I will tell you how momentarily. If you opened up a new account for that first NFL odds boost, you put in your 50 bucks, you made your $50 bet, you won $45 on it, so now suddenly you're at 95 bucks. If all you did was make your first $50 deposit, and the only bets you placed since then were odds boost wagers, you'd be sitting on close to $500 without ever sweating a single bet. Those are real dollars. Not promo bucks, no rollover, nothing fishy, nothing weird. This is what, and and they're not alone, by the way, and this is how you guys know it's not a MyBookie promo here for the moment. I mean, it sort of is, but uh, other sports betting websites have the same kind of stuff. They all just do it at different times. If you have accounts at a bunch of different sports books online, you can be rolling in an odds boost like once a month. So they're just throwing money at you to keep you coming back. It's not a promo dollar. You don't have to bet it 10 times to be able to withdraw it. This is a real legitimate bet you can place, and when it wins, you can just cash it out. Which, as I mentioned, I think yesterday, if you're using Bitcoin, you can get your money out pretty damn quickly. Takes like a day. Two days max, I think. That's really easy. So please do join us on this one. This is, I'll admit, not quite as juicy as Odds Boost Weekend, where we were winning you know, one or $200 basically for free. But the lock, and this is 100%, by the way. This one has no chance of not hitting. It's a $25 bet on the Dodgers-Rockies game tomorrow, opening up the MLB season for either team to score. Meaning, provided the game actually happens and gets to an end, you win the bet. So 99.9999% chance this bet hits. It's $25, it's straight wager, it's no VIG, it's money lines, 25 to win 25. So this is for everybody. It doesn't have to be a new account. If you have a MyBookie account, make sure you do not miss this chance to just take $25 from a website. I don't care what you go spend it on. Buy a meal. Buy a freaking Top Shot pack. Whatever the hell you want to do with your 25 bucks, do it. Please go do that. And if you don't have a MyBookie account, this is now officially a perfect time to get one because you can open one up Put in a uh, credit card deposit. I think the minimum is 45 bucks. If you use Bitcoin, the minimum is 20 So whatever you want to do, make your first deposit. Make sure you get all 25 bucks in there. Place the bet. Double your money. And cash it out if you want. 
I think the minimum Bitcoin withdrawal is 50, if I'm not mistaken. So this would actually be perfect if you're using Bitcoin. Make a $25, $26 deposit, because there's probably like a dollar fee to do it. Uh, Bitcoin confuses me still. Place your bet, withdraw your money, get your $25 profit. Go on your merry way if you want, or leave it in there for the next odds boost. So come on, come get $25 with all of us. Pretty good, right? I did a podcast today where I just gave every single person listening $25, and I didn't have to do a thing. I just placed the bet right before I went on air. I'm doing it right with you guys. If you need me to show you the receipt, I will be happy to tweet that out from at Dan Vespers on Twitter. The reason I felt like we had time to talk about this is because yesterday was only four games deep. Our recap portion of the proceedings will not be particularly meaty today. We have a pretty good look ahead. Uh, but this will be, I would venture to guess, one of our slightly shorter podcasts. Although I do want to spend a bunch of time, uh, particularly on the Orlando Magic. They are a, a really interesting spot right now. And we got to try to decipher it as best we can. Because now we're officially trying to predict the future. So we're going to do that game last. We will uh, we'll circle the wagons a little bit here on the other ball game. Charlotte beat Washington 114-104. As I talked about on yesterday's podcast, I figured, you know, if Russell Westbrook doesn't have a hyper-efficient ball game, they got no shot here. And he had a triple-double and a big one because he doesn't let anybody else do anything. But 7-for-20, uh, not going to get it done. Five turnovers. You know, the fact that he hit four three-pointers is actually, like, not horrible. He wasn't horrible, so I, I should I should frame this properly. He wasn't horrible, but he wasn't good enough because the rest of the guys on that team, Rui Hachimura had a pretty good ball game, and you know everybody gets to do more when either Westbrook or Beal is resting, and Beal has a sore hip right now. But you know he needs to be otherworldly to get them over the hump, like he did against the Pacers the previous night. So a valiant effort. Fell short for Washington. Robin Lopez was the center du jour in this ball game. Seemed like Daniel Gafford was maybe going to be that guy, but he turned an ankle, and we have to wait on his return. And then everybody else was horrendous. On the Charlotte side, they're just chugging along, man. You figured the last of Lamelo would catch up to them a little bit, but they sort of built confidence over the course of this year to say, "Look, we're going to beat the teams that we need to beat." Devontae Graham coming back healthy now has been a nice boost for that team. Not that his field goal percent has been great, but just having him available to to come in and healthy now slot into that point guard spot has sort of covered the absence a little bit, at least. Terry Rozier's dream season continues. Pretty remarkable what that dude's been able to do this season. I, you know, like We liked him at hoop ball. Brew was very high on Rozier. And we were all wise to follow Fearless Leader. But I don't know that anybody's thought he was going to have a top 30 fantasy season. That's nuts. What a year. What a year for Rozier. It's the year of Rozier. No doubt about that. I don't stumble into that silly rhyme. Gordon Hayward bounced back. Good ball game. Cody Zeller came off the bench and not surprisingly outplayed Bismack Biombo. But neither one of those guys is playing the proper number of minutes to need to be rostered, and P.J. Washington, you might see him get dropped. If he does, you pick him up. I wouldn't go spend a bunch of uh, fantasy coin to buy him off of someone else, but you catch my meaning there. Philly losers in Denver. I thought the Sixers would actually play a little bit better in this ballgame. They made a good comeback effort, uh, but again, I, I had no bets yesterday. This is just a weird card. Nikola Jokic was strikingly human 
in this ballgame. Jamal Murray, very good. Michael Porter Jr., very good. Aaron Gordon, not so good. He's doing a nice job of slowly integrating himself. So I think, you know, you might see some analysts call this a buy low on Gordon. I'm not sure that I even want him on my fantasy team. But by all accounts, he will be better than this as he integrates and settles in with the team. This is sort of a, he's got to figure everything out. And Denver's in a a, a pennant chase here, whatever, <laughs> because baseball season starts tomorrow. They're in a playoff chase right now, so they're not just going to throw him to the Wolves when they have guys like Millsap and Jermichael Green that can plop in there and kind of know their schemes a little bit better. Meanwhile, Will Barton, and we knew this was coming. Like, dude was shooting 50-some-odd percent for a month. The other shoe was going to drop. Still, uh, I think he's going to be dropped in sort of the wrong... Re- it's the Rocco drop. I feel like I should now, that that now has an official name. It's called the Rocco drop. Basically, if someone drops a player because their field goal percent has tanked, they're dropping them for the wrong reasons. Because the peripheral stuff hasn't moved a muscle. But he's shooting 19% over the last week. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that's bad. 19% over the last week, about 30 I think, percentage over the last two weeks. But everything else has stayed pretty much the same from when he was on his little heater. He's still at a steal or and, and plus. He's still at half a block or more. He's still up there in the four to five rebound department. He's still getting three or more assists per ball game. In fact, in this one, he had seven boards and six assists and actually made all four of his free throws. But damn, he is shooting the ball horribly right now. And that that heater he was on feels a distant memory. Still, uh, he's out there for 30-plus minutes of ballgame right now. He, he's seeing the playing time, and it's just this back-and-forth of insane hot stretch followed by brutal, icy, cold spell, and it's leveled off to you know out, just outside the top 100. But I think you could probably add Barton and just maybe don't start him for a couple of ball games because this thing will level off. And the only question mark remaining there on Barton is, uh, does Monty Morris come back and and does that impact his playing time? And it might. It really could. Or does it just impact Facundo Campazzo? That's another possibility. Over on the Sixers side, uh, you know, I think, you know, they're just running out of gas a little bit. They've been without Embiid for a while. They're on this very long road trip. They looked and played tired. Denver's defense is getting better here as the season goes on. They're sort of starting to, to try a little bit, but I don't know that anybody had a good ball game for Philly. And so if you're like, oh, I should drop all these Philadelphia guys, I don't know that this is the one where you make your, your judgment call there. And we're going to leap past the Orlando game and circle back around to that to talk about Hawks and Suns. Atlanta tried to make a comeback. John Collins left this ballgame at halftime or around halftime with an ankle injury. Hopefully, it's a short-term thing. He was someone that had been playing better of late, but everything, I mean, right now, everything's coming up Gallo. I know this ballgame wasn't particularly strong for him, but now with DeAndre Hunter re-hurt and Collins hurt, I, I don't know how Gallo doesn't just soak up all kinds of playing time here and forward. They'll use guys, like we're seeing Tony Snell see a few extra minutes, Solomon Hill saw a few extra minutes, but it's really, it's got to be Gallo at the end of the day. It just has to be. Bogdan Bogdanovich, a couple of good ball games in a row here. 
And I'll admit, I'm skeptical of the Bogdan run right now. But 37 minutes, that's more than enough for him. That's that's full starter's compliment. We are waiting to see if Lou Williams is going to play at all. We're waiting on Cam Reddish, who apparently is getting closer. And, you know, I... I'm inclined to think that you sort of might as well here. I mean, I'm not a fan of Bogdan's fantasy game. He's also going to be a wildly over-rostered player in fantasy leagues. I mean, considering he's number 174 and he hasn't really sniffed fantasy value basically the entire season. And, you know, prior to last night's game, he had, what, uh, two games where he logged 30 minutes or more in the last, I don't know, two months, really? So I don't know. I like I'm I'm be, I'm quite skeptical. He's had a couple of games recently where he's looked better, but he's a guy that, as we've talked about before, he needs big usage to get to that marker. But still, I wouldn't want to be the guy who looked at yesterday's game, said this is this is definitely a one-off, and passed up on him. So I think you could put him, throw him at the end of your bench, see how the next two games go, and if it looks like it's going to stick a little bit, then fine. I just I have no idea how he possibly keeps this level of usage if or when guys like Reddish and Williams and Collins, assuming he's back here in the not-too-distant future, and Hunter. I mean, there are a lot of guys out right now that want to take those shots away from him. So I, my, my hopes are not all that high, but also I wouldn't want to be the guy who missed out on it. Suns are pretty easy to handicap. Crowder had one of his good games. It always balances out his bad games, and he ends up in that just outside streamer range, and we can move on from there. Okay, let's talk Clippers magic. On the Clippers side, they're just missing a whole bunch of guys right now. Uh, Marcus Morris decided he needed to sit out the second half of a back-to-back, and, you know, honestly, it cost him. Like, they'd... Clippers were sleepwalking in this ball game. Fifth game in seven days, back-to-back, after the big win over Milwaukee. It did have letdown written all over it. Clippers are prone to those kinds of lapses in focus this is sort of that same thing they need they need the loud guy maybe Rajon Rondo actually might help this team I can't believe I'm saying that out loud but he might just be the guy that they need to yell at him someone's got to yell at these dudes wake them up might they might hate him for it but it's the kind of thing you need to see uh Terrence Mann has been a really nice fill-in but of course once uh Rondo and maybe Patrick Beverly. I don't know if he's ever coming back at this point. Uh, those guys probably ace him out, and we talked about it on yesterday's show. He's been kind of like a uh, point forward almost for this team in that second unit, and then slides in kind of with the first unit a little bit. Nick Batum had a better ball game, but a lot of that was because Marcus Morris was out. He still refuses to shoot quite adamantly, it seems. Reggie Jackson, yeah, maybe you could use him in more of a points league kind of thing while Paul George is out. Same story for Luke Kennard. Ivica Zubats is solid until Serge Ibaka comes back, and then, you know, obviously Kawhi Leonard is your thing. Uh, Man is the guy to sort of keep an eye on. He's kind of playing his way into more time. I just, again, I, I don't think that it's enough when the team is fully healthy, and because of their weird injury reporting, you know, the, half the team might just come back with four minutes to go before opening, before the, the ball game tips some night. So I've been very, very nervous about trying to deploy any Clippers streamers because guys are just in and out at the last moment. Meanwhile, and this is probably the big 
focal point of our Tuesday recap, the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic have seemingly decided that they just need to play everyone some minutes. They went 12 deep. 11? 11 deep, excuse me, in this ballgame. And basically all 11 saw enough minutes to not make a fantasy impact, but make an impact on the ballgame. R.J. Hampton was the lowest total on the team. He played about 14 minutes yesterday, and that's, yeah, okay, that's pretty low. Uh, but then it works your way up the chart here. Chase and Randall, 16. Mobamba, 18. Wendell Carter Jr., also 18. Kem Birch, 19. Oh, boy. Three-headed center timeshare, just what we were all hoping for. Dwayne Bacon and Otto Porter, 21 apiece. Terrence Ross, 26, and his return from knee soreness. I think that number will probably trend up as he gets his legs back underneath him. Chuma Okiki, 28 minutes. And Michael Carter-Williams, 32, led the team in minutes played yesterday. But they're still waiting on Cole Anthony, who I've got to believe now, given that they've officially thrown in the towel on this season. Cole Anthony's probably the guy they're going to slot in there. Or it might end up in another timeshare. That's actually... Frankly, that's probably the most likely thing to happen. Magic didn't play a particularly good ball game, but they played a hard-fought ball game, and that's how you win some of these games when your opponent is not taking you seriously. Okay, so what does all of that data do for us? Well, Terrence Ross and Chuma Okiki definitely belong on fantasy teams. Chuma's a guy they're, they're given the minutes to, his percentages have looked pretty good, actually, since he's moved into this more permanent, slightly higher usage role. That'll probably level off a little bit. But, you know, you got to like the steals. Seems pretty good on the steals department. He'll get you a few rebounds, not as many yesterday. He'll get you a couple of assists just because he's going to be out there for a while and probably a three, one to two three-pointer. So, uh, like, a lot of things to enjoy about Chuma's game so far. He's dropped himself into, I mean, when you clear out three guys, that changes things pretty considerably. If any of these other dudes could actually see the minutes to do anything about it. Wendell Carter Jr. put up a really nice line, but only 18 minutes. And I can't trust him in only 18 minutes. I don't care how hard he's playing in them. Does he elevate himself over Kem Birch and Mo Bamba? Maybe. It's possible. Am I willing to wait on it? I'm probably not. You know, I he was a guy that a lot of us raced out to pick up at the trade deadline, hoping that he was a guy Orlando was like, okay, look, we, you know, we got this guy in the Vooch trade. Yeah, we got some picks, but maybe we try out the young guy. So maybe he trends up, and I think if you picked him up, you got to give him at least one, maybe two more ball games to see if that 18 becomes 20. Does that 20 become 22? And just watch the trend line. But if it's not going the right way, you move on. Otto Porter had a pretty good ball game. I don't see how he plays more than about 21 to 23 minutes for this team either. He's an old bench guy that they're using more as a stabilizer to get you some decent percentages. He's going to be better than almost all of the reserves he's playing against on most other teams. But it doesn't look like he's going to see starters minutes either. Dwayne Bacon is not good. James Ennis is not good. Who, by the way, he played 27 minutes. I think I left him out of my discussion before. Bad fantasy games for those guys. And then, you know, the point guard spot, the only other question mark, which is, you know, do we bother with Michael Carter-Williams? I think in points leagues, you can sort of streamer with benefits him at this point and say, all right, well, you know, what if Cole Anthony 
doesn't get healthy? What if this thing just doesn't really go away? And then maybe you get two, three, four weeks out of Michael Carter-Williams, or maybe you only get one, one and a half. Category leagues, he's going to blow you up with his percentages. They're both terrible. Get you some steals, get you some blocks. He's a long point guard. He'll rebound, he'll get assists. Doesn't score very much. But he is interesting, at least as a points league streamer. I mean, we're, we're getting into the weeds here a little bit. I don't, I don't know that that's something that you need to be targeting. And he only played, I, I, excuse me, he got hurt in the previous game. He played 28 minutes, the one before that, against Portland right after everybody got traded away. So there's, you know, there's a rebounds, assists, steals kind of attack point here, but you have to be okay with the fact that he will detonate both field goal and free throw percent. Like, he is a monster of a drag on those particular things. So, uh, bear that in mind. But, I think some of you, I've been asked before on this show, please talk a little bit more about Points League stuff. Uh, He has some appeal there, at least until Anthony comes back, and then, again, you just don't really know when that's going to happen. Midpoint in the show today is uh, promo-free, so congratulations on that. You guys got everything you could have possibly wanted because I spent the entire first five or six minutes telling you how you can just go get $25 for nothing. I don't need to tell you again. If that first one wasn't enough to get you to do it, then damn it, I don't think any of them will. But do hit me up if you want to be a recruit over here at Hoopball. That, uh, that should be kind of fun. Portland is at Detroit. Let's take our show on the look-ahead road. Blazers continuing to work Norman Powell into the mix, continuing to work Yusuf Nurkic's. It's hard to go possessive on that one. We'll call him Nurk's minutes on the rise and his Cantor's minutes on the decline, but there isn't a whole lot to stare at fantasy-wise on that ball club. I think we generally know what we're doing with them. The Pistons, on the other hand, they're an interesting one. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. doesn't sound like he's all that close to playing, although, you know, when news breaks, and he's out for this one already, as far as I can see from the, the recent injury reporting, when we get word that he's playing, you got to sprint. Because if he comes back and he plays starters minutes, he could go completely bananas. Keep an eye on the Mason Plumley-Isaiah Stewart thing. I don't think that that has flipped yet. Keep an eye on Jeremy Grant, who seems like he's just completely out of gas for this season. He'd held it together for a while, played really hard, played really well for a bad team, uh, but yeah, it takes a toll on you when you're going high usage for that amount of time. But, you know, we, pl- we spent plenty of time on the Pistons on our reverse chronological lightning round Monday show, and just kind of how goofball they are right now. Hamadou Diallo is a guy to keep an eye on. Corey Joseph, I can't believe it, is a guy to keep an eye on. Sadiq Bey is a start. That one's fairly well locked in. Uh, Wayne Ellington, I think, hurt his calf. Maybe his minutes going back into the team's bucket, maybe that's the thing that gets Joseph over the marker. I, like It's really hard to know at this point. But I do still pretty strongly believe that if Dennis Smith Jr. can get himself back here soon, he could crush. Diallo is your points league darling. That's the guy that you're probably tracking the closest, uh, at at least as it, again, cannot care about free throw percent. Miami sounds like they're still without Oladipo, who's uh, continuing to battle a head cold. I don't, like, 
it's a long one at this point. Luckily, he's testing negative, so that's all it is for the moment. Indiana, they're pretty well, you know, situated fantasy-wise. Who's in, who's out, No, nothing to pay close attention to there. Houston's one we're always watching because John Wall now is questionable, his knee flaring back up again a little bit. We'll, he'll get his rest days. I'm not overly concerned because he wasn't that good this year anyway, so it's not like... Like, he, he shouldn't even really be started. He's top 150 in nine-cat high turnovers, terrible field goal percent. I mean, really terrible field goal percent this year. It's not a back-to-back, so if you're thinking that side of things, if he's really going to miss it, he'll miss it because there's some knee pain. And, you know, Wall's credit, he's played six, seven games in a row leading up to this questionable tag. So you know, maybe he gets in there, maybe he gets it off. you got to know that he's going to be missing games down the stretch. And if he does then Kevin Porter Jr. slides down to the point guard spot and things get a whole heck of a lot more fun for him. Christian Wood is probable, so this will give us some data on what Kelly Olynyk is going to be going forward with Wood and Jayshon Tate more than likely standing in, the, in line in front of him. And then I don't know that we necessarily need to go any farther than that. We've talked a lot about Sterling Brown. We've talked about Daniel House and his sort of low upside uh, KJ Martin, we've talked about him plenty. I'm just, I'm not going down that road. House is the closest next thing, but because I don't know that he has the ability to go, I mean, a perfect universe, he's probably like between top 90 and top 110, because there's just, his game is not that well-rounded. He doesn't get that many steals. He generally doesn't get that many assists or rebounds, although he's had a couple games where he's been a little bit better in those lately, but I, I'm not buying the small sample size. Ooh, they're a bad team, man. Brooklyn, nothing really. You guys know where I stand on these guys. Dallas, I think Josh Richardson is being prematurely dumped in a lot of fantasy leagues. Boston, yeah, we move there. They're a pretty easy one to handicap these days, also. Toronto, um, yeah, I'm caring. I'm you know, like I'm interested in Gary Trent Jr. and whether or not that last ball game was a strange outlier or if his role with the Raptors might just be different than his role with the Trailblazers. I, I'm doubtful of that. It feels like outlier territory with the rebounds and the assists and the steals, but you sort of never know, so we'll watch him. Oklahoma City, they're a fun one to keep tabs on these days. Uh, you know, half the team is missing. I don't. It doesn't sound like anybody's coming back anytime all that soon, so, you know, just keep trotting Moses Brown out there. Hope he doesn't take 10 free throws again. <laughs> shuddering uh poku is intermittently okay isaiah roby kind of that same bucket where those guys right now are really probably closer to streamer level than go level i wish it wasn't so like you know poku has these games where he pops off a little bit but overall it it hasn't been enough for this year i mean he's a guy to me that you're looking forward towards the future the knicks Derek Rose, Alec Burks, those are the guys I'm watching on New York. Minnesota, uh, probably, uh, you know, I don't know. The Knicks are a pretty good defensive team. So if you're thinking about buying on Malik Beasley, you could try to, I mean, you could guess here that New York shuts him down for another ball game, and then try to get him a little cheaper afterwards. I do think that there's some doubt as to his role and if you're feeling confident, I feel pretty confident that he's going to get most of his role back here because he's just a better offensive player than Anthony Edwards, who is sort of chewing up a lot of that stuff, then you could 
potentially lob some top 90 type of guy out there, and maybe you get a bite if your league's trade deadline hasn't passed yet. Utah, nothing. Memphis, uh, Grayson Allen's health status will determine whether or not we can roll DeAnthony Melton out there, and then if he's if Mel, uh, if Allen is out, then we start Melton, and then we can just sit and watch and cheer because something good will happen. Kings, want to see what DeLon Wright does here in game number three. He really hasn't forced himself into the mix all that much yet, but he had the rebounds and the assists in the last ball game, and to me, that was actually an encouraging sign. But I do want to see his minutes get up and over 24. Let's see if that happens here in game three with his new team. Spurs, nothing. Bucks, nothing. Lakers, Andre Drummond making his debut. Very much something to pay attention to. What does that do to Montrez Harrell, to Kyle Kuzma, to the guys that have now found themselves with a little bit of role with no LeBron and no Anthony Davis, who, by the way, uh, I wouldn't be that surprised to see AD kind of pop up and get closer. I think the the, uh, update on him on Friday of last week, five days ago, was that he's sort of been cleared for the next level of activity. Um, You know, he might be back in the next two weeks. So if you're thinking about Anthony, and and head-to-head it's tough because he'll be missing ball games. They're going to ramp him back up. In Roto Leagues, you're in this weird little pocket now where maybe you could squeeze a month out of Anthony Davis and get him for something cheap it's a it's a monster of a dice roll but I don't know I think I think they want to get him back with at least a few weeks before the playoffs just to kind of get his conditioning up the Bulls a lot to pay attention to there as Vooch tries to work his way into the mix Zach Levine is questionable probably why the Suns are favored by quite a lot even though Phoenix is the team on the back-to-back here uh, what is that Young's role? I still like him as a starter. What is Larry Markkinen's role? I like him much less coming off the bench. Kobe White is having neck issues. The Bulls, man, trade deadline seemed like it should have given him a shot in the arm, but instead it seems like everybody just sort of woke up in a bad hotel bed. Hmm. The Derek Favors treatment. Meanwhile, Derek Favors hasn't really missed any games this year. I guess he's just not built to be a starter anymore. Body can handle about 16 minutes a night. Big lumbering fella. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. I don't I'm creaky as hell, and I'm maybe half the size of Derek Favors. I don't know how these big guys can haul that mass around. Seems like it would be exhausting. Uh, and that's your look ahead here to a big Wednesday. Uh, a ton of stuff going on. Detroit, big angles. Um I think Houston, small angles. Toronto, small angles. New York, medium angles. Minnesota, some. Sacramento, Lakers, Chicago. That's like eight out of the, what do we got, 20 teams playing tonight that I'm paying pretty close attention to on the fantasy side. Things could break a few different ways right now. I, you got Stay on top of it. I can't assign homework because that's too many damn games, and I don't know that any one of them is going to be the ball game. But I would say... Uh, Sacramento, you know, if DeLon Wright, he's been dropped in a lot of places because he hasn't done much with his new team. So I can't really fault teams for moving on. But, like, if you see a good first half out of him, he could be a difference maker. Guy that's popping up on waiver wires these days. Uh, so this is a time really lock in, guys. Don't, don't, uh, don't take a little fantasy nap right now. This is, this is critical. Running into your playoffs here pretty soon. Roto Leagues is where you got to be attacking categories 
And I do want to do a little bit, and I don't know what show we're going to do it on. Maybe it'll be next week. But I do want to spend some time here coming up uh, for Roto Leaguers on how to attack the last six or seven weeks of the uh, the basketball season. Because it's time now to, to maybe not start the guys you normally do. Pull some weirdos off the waiver wire, and someone's going to be like, what the f*** are you doing? And that's when you lap them. 35-minute show, guys. What a day. Come on, joins me for, join me for Odds Boost. And make sure, by the way, again, if you do sign up for a new account at mybookie.ag, use that promo code HOOPBALL. It's on the third page of the sign-up process. It says promo code OPTIONAL. Type in H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when you sign up. It won't even tell you whether it worked or not, which is a little bit annoying. I wish it would. Uh, but if you use that promo code when you sign up, it lets them know we sent you. And... It unlocks different deposit bonuses when you are putting in your first deposit. Those, by the way, those deposit bonuses, those are the ones with rollover. So that's, like, if you're planning on gaming for a while, take them. But if you're getting in here for the odds boost and then chill until the next odds boost, then you should probably be passing on those when you make that uh, deposit anyway. But really, do join us for this free 25 bucks. You listened to a podcast today, and somebody just told you how to get $25 for free. There is such thing as a free lunch. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. I'm Dan Baspers for Fantasy NBA Today. We'll talk to you Thursday morning. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.